At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things. The every box and barcode matters things. And the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Police officers know it only takes a few seconds of someone texting and driving for things to go terribly wrong. That's why officers are increasing enforcement of texting and driving laws. So put your phone down when driving, or be prepared for the consequences. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front. I'm Baxter. And I'm Simon. Welcome, Simon. It's been an unfortunate longer period of time than we wanted to yeah. to be away from each other, but we are back and we are ready for our second edition of our uh, general soccer show called Two Up Front. Uh, we are excited to be back. It's been, uh, I was down in Florida for a while. You were doing all kinds of stuff. I was up here folding laundry for two days. Folding laundry for two days. Wow. I was getting tan in Florida yeah. and here you were down in... You're doing laundry, but someone's got to do it, that's right? That's right. That's right. Uh, but we, uh, we're we excited to be back as we continue to our, our fun journey with you. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for you today. We're going to be talking about the Gold Cup, uh, talking about uh, MLS, the crazy weekend that was and is to come again. Uh, Simon, I'm sorry. Your, your timbers, <laughs> they were so close, so close. And then Alan Gordon playing the villain. Again. Again, as he does so well. And you guys draw 2-2 with the Galaxy. Adi scores in the 89th minute, thinking, all right, we've secured a win over the Galaxy. And uh, Gordon comes in and scores and breaks all of our hearts. And I'm also an Everton fan. That game's going on right now. Yes. Yep. Right? Everton comes into this 2-1 ahead on the aggregate. Dynamo Kiev scores. It's now 2-2. Everton scores now it's three two. Well, just check Funny the time. latest latest time and it's four one right now. Kiev. So oh my it's goodness. looking grim for Everton. But uh, so we're talking about Portland. Yes, only getting that point. What about your New England Revolution? <laughs> you know, even though they lost to the NYCFC, there's still time. Plenty of time. This is what happened to them last season. They started off very slow. They even had their nine game losing streak in the middle of the year, and they still found a way. To get to the to get to the final, obviously they lost the final. That's a whole other topic. I'm still drinking to my sorrows from that one. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's it happens. Listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you props for something. Okay, please. We did a show way back when, like a month ago. Yes, where it was for a different show. You had invited me on. I was a guest, which kind of spurned this whole thing, yep. which is awesome. Exactly. You called in that show that uh, Patrick Mullins. You would hope that he would actually score against your club. As much as it pained me to say that, I was hoping he would just to kind of... Because I was very upset when the Revolution did not protect him. And I, uh, Yeah, it was, that was mind-boggling. Yep, and his first touch in a NYCFC jersey is a goal against his former team. And as much as it hurt, I was like, ha! That's what you get, Jay Heaps, for letting a good product like Mullins go. Because now the Revolution have gone two games without scoring a goal. Uh, and they're down on goal difference. I believe it's fives nothing now. So yeah, yeah. not exactly the way you want to start out your season. They do play the impact this week. We'll get to that later on in the show when we offer our predictions and preview our, our games with the Timbers and with the Revolution. But uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Remember, you can find us on social media. Where can they find us, Simon? They can find us on Facebook at 2 Upfront. The or, number two. Yes, number two. Spell the rest out. And on Twitter? You can find us on Twitter at 2UpFrontSoccer. So at 2UpFrontSoccer, the number two as well. And you can find Simon uh, at Simon Provan, And you can find me at Baxter Colburn. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff for you today. Uh, Simon, you wanted to jump right into the Gold Cup. Uh, and all the 2015, it's going to be here in the United States. What's kind of going on with that? Uh, you, you seemed a little puzzled and a little excited at the same time about the Gold Cup. What's going on? Well, I'm going to say a little bit more in my Simon Says segment. What I'll say right now is I like the fact that the U.S. is in a group in which every team in there was in the last hexagonal. Ooh. So, so, Greg, I don't think we can really call it a group of death. I don't think we're 
that big yet in CONCACAF where we can give that name to any group, but they are definitely in the toughest group. they got Haiti and Panama. Panama is always a big game for the U.S. It's all, Which are. is weird because you hear Panama and you're like, they're just this small little country. They shouldn't be that great, but you're, you're right. They're consistently a... A nuisance. Yeah, I, I mean, they, the right they, a few years back, they took the U.S. all the way to a penalty kick shootout for in the final game. Which was a heartbreaker as it is and just painful to watch, but it was still a, an interesting thing because, like you said, you think of Panama, you think of the smaller countries like Haiti and other countries like that. You're like, ah, they probably shouldn't be that good. But something about the Gold Cup, kind of like the World Cup as well, the smaller nations, nobody really thought Costa Rica would do much this year, and then Costa Rica just kind of came out of nowhere and was like, hey, actually, we're pretty good. I mean, look what they did. They're in a group with World Cup winners. Mm -hmm. Nobody gave them a chance. No, I didn't. And not only did they win that group, they won it well. Yeah, they won it convincingly, and then they even, their, their run was cut short, unfortunately, but at the same time, they still proved to the world that they are a dominant team, and they are now rated higher in the FIFA World Rankings than the United States. And Mexico. And Mexico. They're, they're, they're the best team in CONCACAF, without a doubt. Which is something right I never thought I would say. Absolutely. But, uh, but they're there, and we're seeing that in Champions League as well. They're the only country with two clubs in the semifinals. That is incredible. And we will definitely get to that as well in a little bit with the CONCACAF Champions League. But with the Gold Cup, uh, talk about the groups for those of us that don't know. Uh, what are the groups like, and who are your, your early favorites? Well, first of all, there is one more team that's yet to be determined in Group A, so there's a playoff for that. I'm guessing it's going to be Honduras, so so I'm just going to go ahead and say it's United States, Haiti, Panama, and Honduras in Group A. Seems to be a fair statement. Honduras I think so. is consistent, and if nothing else, we'll give the U.S. a little bit of issue as they move through. And which, Yeah, make that group even tougher. Then we've got Group B. This this could be a good one between Costa Rica and Jamaica. You also have El Salvador and Canada in there. Canada's youth teams, I have to say, their U-17 team, they just missed the U-17 World Cup, but they mm -hmm. played really well. I think we're going to start seeing a better Canada in years to come. But right now, I don't think they're going to give much in in this, although they did win a Gold Cup back in the late 90s, and that, that really? was the most okay. significant trophy in their, in their history. Which is interesting because, and I know that this is a whole other uh, realm as it is, but the Canadian women's national team is incredibly talented. You've got Christine Sinclair and a lot of other talented players in that team, so it's interesting to see that the women's team is farther along than the men's team because obviously the men's team is you know, in development. They continue to try to build good players, but it's interesting to always see that Canada is a force in women's soccer. It is. Um, it's not unlike the U.S. You yeah. Know, Bruce Arena several years ago had said it right. You can't really compare the men's and women's programs because basically North America invented women's soccer. They really did. So we've always been ahead, but now you're seeing teams, other countries catch up. I mean, mm -hmm. Obviously, you got Germany, you got Brazil. They're always giving yeah. uh, tough games and winning cups. But you know, back in the early days, it used to be U.S. and Norway. Yeah. That's who would battle it out. Yep. Now it's becoming a very strong world game. Exactly. The women's, we the we've, women's seen, game. we've seen China, Korea, Japan, all those teams really you know, surge right. forward in more, right. more recent times. So in Group C, then, we have Mexico, Trinidad, Cuba, and Guatemala. I think it's an easy easy take for Mexico. You'd think so, yeah. You'd like to think so. It's interesting that Cuba's actually been doing quite well. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, not, not that they've been winning a lot of games, mm -hmm. uh, but they are... They're playing better. I saw this recently, too. The New York Cosmos of the NASL mm -hmm. are actually going to go play a friendly against the Cuban really? national team. Still wow. working out details. Against the national team? Yes, against okay. the Cuban national Interesting. team. Interesting. Yep. So, wow. uh, so, yeah, I think that's an easy call. We're, we're going to see Mexico win Group C. I, I think we'll see Costa Rica and the U.S. win their groups as well. Mm -hmm. So those are the top three seeds, deservedly so. You know, they always set this up, so they, they try to make it that the U.S. and Mexico are going to meet in the final. We'll see. I think Costa Rica will be the villain this year, though. Now that we know that Costa Rica... I mean, in years past, if, if Costa Rica doesn't do as good as they do at the World Cup, I'd be like, U.S., Mexico, just, just skip the rest of the games. They'll just put them in the final. But now that Costa Rica's there, I'm not so sure about that. It'd be interesting to see a U.S.-Costa Rica final or a Costa Rica-Mexico final. Yeah. Or I don't know if the U.S. is going to make it through. I mean, I think they'll win their group, but I don't know if they're going to make it to the final this year. Interesting. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, we'll see if he's still experimenting. Yeah, I think that's one thing as U.S. national team fans, you have a hard time comprehending because you're like, okay, you can only experiment for so long. It's like, let's start actually winning. Right. We're not a developmental team. We, well, have, we have young players, but we also have good enough players to win things like the Gold Cup. And this is an important tournament. I love the change that they put to this a few years ago. It used to be that the, whoever won the Gold Cup on the off year, that's what they got. They yeah. got the trophy. Yep. And then the team that won in the year... Um, in the, I guess, the competitive year, mm -hmm. that's the team that would go to the Confederations Cup. Yes. So what CONCACAF has done now is said, all right, 
Whoever wins that first tournament is mm-hmm. going to play the champion of the second tournament. Interesting. So the U.S. won the first tournament in this new style. Yes. So if the U.S. wins this, they go to the Confederations Cup without having to have that Which would be nice. second championship yep. between the Gold Cup winners. Hmm. So it's, it's a big carrot for them. It is. You know, they it- win this. It's... It's a major competition for them to win. Yeah, I'd definitely be curious to see just how the U.S. does, especially with all the experimenting. We've talked about Breck Shea possibly working his way back into the national team. Robbie Rogers maybe might make I'd it. I'd like to see him in there. I'd like to see Robbie Rogers. But the thing you were saying, we were talking about this before the show, you were saying with left backs that Breck Shea is starting to assert himself of that, which is funny because he, was, he used to be that outside attacking left midfielder, but now he's slid into that left back role for Orlando City. And he's starting to be consistent. We saw Jurgen Klinsmann lauding him just like he's playing fantastic right now, which is something Breck Shea hasn't heard in about two or three years. So it's terrific to hear him people talking about that. But with Robbie Rogers, though, it'd be interesting to see that move as well and kind of how that would work. So for Gold Cup, we'll see if Klinsmann decides to call Rogers. But I feel like right now Shea's probably going to be that first guy on his list. I think so. I think so. Which is unfortunate. But yeah. that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. It, it does. Um you know, I, Rogers has played very well at left back for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I've heard fans, I've been watching fans in, in comment section talk about, well, he's just not fit for the international game, which I don't get that comment on the basis that we haven't seen him so at the international game in so long. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. How do we know? We, the, the only way you know is by calling him up and giving him a shot. Exactly. I mean, we even make the joke about Chris Wondolowski. You know he's not fit for the That's international right. game. We've seen him <laughs> enough times consistently. He's not fit for the international squad. We could bring back the age-old debate as well as I would have taken Landon Donovan over Chris Wondolowski at the at the World Cup. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but talking about Gold Cup, it's an exciting time. It's going to be in the U.S. Um, there's going to be games in the general area. Are you going to try to get down to Toyota Park at all to watch any of them? I would love to. I think I am out of town the week that that one is scheduled, Oh, I was going to say we should take a show so trip down and go watch. That would That'd be, be awesome. fun. So yeah. July 7th is opening Opening day, it looks like Panama will take on Haiti, and the U.S. is waiting to find out who they'll play, even though we think it's going to be Honduras. Um, So definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, It's going to be exciting. No matter where you are in the country, try to go check out the Gold Cup. You get a chance to see some international stars. Yes, it's not the Germany. It's not any of that other things. But Chicago is going to have games at Soldier Field and at Toyota Park. So if you're... Are they... I I don't... Yep, the opening games for the for oh, the I'm U.S. Sorry. are at Toyota Park. So, or Toyota, right. oh, I'm sorry, Toyota Stadium, Which so that's down in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know how to read some days. Well, but. you know, when you've got Toyota Stadium and Toyota Park, and then the stadium down in San Antonio, oh, their NASL right. club, is also Toyota. Oh, my gosh. Sponsored. Toyota's everywhere. So. <laughs> it's just, I'm just assuming it's going to be the Toyota League of Soccer instead of Major League Soccer. Anyway, um, but yeah, try to get down to some of those games if you can. Support your national teams, uh, especially the United States if you're down in that Dallas area. But... You get a chance to catch maybe Mexico as well if you're in that Chicago yeah, July area. July 9th at the Soldier at Soldier Field. Yep, as they take on Cuba. And even though Cuba is that smaller team, yes, you'd like to write off, you know, that as a win for Mexico. But like we were saying, Cuba's been causing small waves here and right. there. So we'll see right. if that maybe makes a difference. Uh, speaking of causing waves, though, looking at the CONCACAF Champions League. Absolutely. Montreal Impact. We were Team Impact two weeks ago, and they are still <laughs> chugging along. Uh, Simon, they won last night. 2-0 against Alahoe Lente. Did I say that Bless right? Bless you. <laughs> um, that, was, that was a very good victory for them. They, uh, they didn't have Justin Mapp. He's out for quite a while. Yep. Or disconnected he had a brutal album. injury. He did, he? he did. Frank Klopas was suspended for this game, so he the wasn't head coach. The head coach wasn't wow. there. So the assistant took over. Yet... So everything's set up for them to lose, mm-hmm. but they get almost 34,000 fans there, really? which is so great to see for wow. a CONCACAF Champions League game. I didn't realize Montreal Stadium was that big that they could hold that many they people. Were, they played at the, uh, whatever it is, the Olympic Stadium, so oh, it wasn't okay. at Saputo okay, Stadium. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, wow, an MLS stadium with 34,000? <laughs> Holy cow. No, they, they packed them in there for that. Um, so they, they end up winning 2-0. Mm-hmm. What is so huge about that is they don't give up away goals. Wow. So they they could go down to Costa Rica. Not that you want to play to lose. No. But they could go down to Costa Rica, lose that game 1-0. And still go through. And still go through. To the final, right? To the final. Yeah. Which, if you recall, give myself a little credit here. Yes, In my I believe, I you said did. they're going to go through and they're going to go to the final. Yes, whether or not they win. That's the tough thing. 2-0 going down to Costa Rica is not always the best even Cushion. We look at a team like your Everton right now. They were up two one going into the second leg. I'm sorry to open the, open the wound, but uh, how many points does New England have on the season? Exactly, exactly. Anyway, touche on that one. That was a stab to the heart on that one. But um, 
it's definitely possible that they can close it out. They're playing good soccer. And I think right now, if you are Montreal, don't worry about MLS right now. Like, yes, you've got, this is a one, this is a very unique opportunity that Montreal has right now. Take advantage of it. Put all your chips into it. Yes, you might lose whatever the first three or four games of the season. It's a 34 game season. You've got plenty of time. As long as you can recover after that, invest in Champions League, you know, carpe diem as it were and go after it and i hate to say this but i think that justin map injury may have been a blessing in disguise because really? what, what what they what they had to do then is oduro who's not been that effective mm-hmm. up on top they actually put him at right midfield then porter who was the hero on the last game yes scored that game winning goal they put him on top they started him so they gave him the start i'll tell you what that first goal showed how effective all that all those moves were oduro comes down the right side sends a pass in porter instead of taking a shot flicks it with his uh, right heel yep. onto a running Piatti who just slams it into Ooh, the back of the goal. Love it. it One was, touch soccer It was right fantastic. There. Uh, they got another goal a little bit later, like five minutes later. Wow. And second half starts, they were still going for it. They mm-hmm. sat back a little bit more, but they were still going for which it, is which good. is so great to see. Yes, definitely. It's, you don't want to let up, and I think that's sometimes what happens in soccer is you get a two- or three-goal lead going into halftime, and you're like, all right, we can sit back a little bit and kind of relax. But no, they were still punching after it. I know I mean, it's not a fair comparison. When I play FIFA, um, <laughs> which is not very often, I have a life, I promise. Anyway, when I play FIFA, you just always you know, relentless pressure because you don't ever want to give up that opportunity because soccer is such a weird game that anybody can win on any given day, regardless of how good the teams are. You know what I'm a big fan of, though? I'm a big fan of a team that wins and still plays beautiful soccer. Exactly. And I have to give Montreal credit. That's exactly what they were which doing. Which is not something you think you'd say in a long time. You know, the right. Montreal Plaque paying beautiful soccer after doing just horrendous in MLS last season. Even just they haven't really been that great at all since coming into Major League Soccer, but they are they have MLS behind them as a whole. They are in the semifinals. They're two zero going into Costa Rica. On the flip side of it though, another interesting game, a very surprising game. Very surprising, uh, yes. Involved Club America. So I give myself credit for my I believe, but also in there I said I believe that Montreal is going to end up Make it to the final, but getting destroyed by Club America. Yes. Well, Club America ends up, ends up losing last night in Costa Rica. Ooh. Three nothing. What's with Costa Rica? My gosh. Well, that just goes to show, right? They've mm-hmm. been secretly doing what, what uh, the U.S. and Mexico have been fighting over, development. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica's doing it. Instead of talking about it, they're doing it. Good for them, though. Absolutely. So Herediano is who Club America ends up losing to. Three nothing. There was a red card in the 27th minute to mm. a Club America player. And I'll tell you what, I went back and watched the film on that. Mm-hmm. Straight red card. Really? Easy that decision. Early in the game. Easy decision for the ref. Okay. Uh, there was a play on the ball. The Costa Rican player gets out. And um, Lagos, who got the red card, just goes right back at him and steps right oh, on his foot. Oh, come on. So very. I, I don't believe it was intentional. So I, I make it sound like it was. I don't think it was intentional. To step on a but, player, though? It, the ball was right there, too. Okay. But he caught him with his studs on the ankle, goes down, straight red card. Understandably, then, I would have probably done this. I yeah. probably would have given the red card as well in that took, situation. Took five minutes for all the players to get separated oh, from the really? ref. Oh, there was a fight and everything, too. Yeah, you know, oh a lot, well, gosh. shirt grabbing and sure, whatnot. Sure, sure. Soccer players don't usually punch each other. Right. It's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's, right. it's like, okay. Well, it goes into the half 0-0. Zero, zero. Okay. And then Herdi uh, comes in and scores three goals in the second wow. half. Wow. And just destroyed them. So, but here's the thing: Club America won their quarterfinal series on aggregate seven zero, right? So Jeez. now, okay, now this club's <laughs> got to go into Mexico City. They, it's it's not you'd, unheard of for Club like America to, think, yeah. to score four goals. Hmm, you'd like to think three goals is enough, but well, soccer is a weird game. That's right. Anything can happen on any given day in Club Same. America in Mexico City. Yeah. Mm. That's that's a dangerous that's place. That's the crowd it. behind you because they play at they play at Azteca, don't they? They do. They do. Not a fun place to play. That's so, for sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how Hardianano uh, ends up playing in that second game. Are they going to hold it back? Or are they going to uh, are they going to go for it? We we'll, I we'll, might we'll not see. go for it. You know, never never a bad time for it. Um, I would try to at least score at least one or two more goals. You get that away goal advantage that's as right. well on you, so that yep. would be definitely helpful. All right, Simon. Well, are you ready for your uh, Simon Says I am segment? ready for my Simon Says. All right. So with uh, 45 seconds on the clock, good sir, on your mark, get set, go. I'm so happy with this Gold Cup and the way that they make every single one of these now worth something. You know, whether it's uh, winning the Cup and then having to go into the playoff or winning both Gold Cups to actually go to the Confederations Cup. But CONCACAF, it's time to take off the training wheels. Every <laughs> other Confederation does an actual draw for the groups. CONCACAF sets the groups up how they want to. 
We don't need that anymore. If we're going to be taken seriously as a confederation and our soccer is good enough now, take off the training wheels, do a blind draw, air it on the internet so everybody can see it, make it an event. That's all I got. I'm, I'm under time you today. You got plenty of time. Jeez, you got anything else? You got five seconds. Anything? Five seconds. Uh, come on, Portland. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about Portland uh, when we come into our next segment. So we're going to take a fast break. Uh, Simon's a little heated. We're going to talk about his timbers. I'm going to try not to cry in the corner about the revolution, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Two Up Front. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Two Up Front. I'm Baxter, joined by my good friend and comrade, Simon Provan. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front. We uh, talked a lot about the Gold Cup, and we talked about CONCACAF as well. We are all Team Impact at the moment, and hoping that we can, uh, as MLS fans, can ride the wave all the way to the final. But we'll see if uh, Club America decides to spoil the party, as they always try to do. So, so that's such a, such a Mexican thing to do. They just, Mexican <laughs> soccer loves to spoil American fun. Well, Canadian fun? American fun? It's hard MLS to, fun. MLS fun. Yeah. There we go. I'm like, it's well, hard and to as, really... re- as well as they should try to, right? They I should. mean, why not? They got to represent Liga MX. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it was a crazy weekend in Major League Soccer, as it always is. Uh, the excitement started on Friday the 13th, so there was a, a weird set of circumstances as Orlando stays undefeated. Well, technically, they, they drew their first right, game. But hey, four point there. Them in New York. Yeah, They're both they don't have a loss in, in their, their club history. They haven't lost a game. Which is unheard of, usually, when it comes to for expansion clubs. But Orlando goes down to Houston. Not an easy place to win. Uh, an East versus West game. It's weird to say that Houston's in the West now. But anyway, right. mm-hmm. they win off of kind of a weird Oh, that was goal, crazy. Kind of a, I don't know exactly what it was, but a 1-0 win for them. Uh, they move up in the standings now. What was... <laughs> What was the goalkeeper thinking on that? If, really if you, if you sure, didn't no. see it, it was a pass back to Houston's goalkeeper. Uh, who was the goal scorer for Orlando? Do you have that up there? Uh, somewhere here, hopefully. Anyways, so it's a pass back to the goalkeeper. And Tyler you see Derrick. Tyler Derrick rush on because he saw that goalkeeper wasn't really confident. And uh, Well, it was an own goal by Houston. So Tyler Derrick scored the own goal for Houston. For Houston, right. Yes. Even though it's got an Orlando City thing next to it. it oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So Derek's the goalkeeper. Yes. All right. We're still ironing out our show here a little <laughs> bit, right? So anyways, uh, so Derek comes out to pass the ball off. He misplays it, mm-hmm. right? Orlando City player rushes on there and gets the ball. It go, pops up in the air, yep. and he goes to get it, and Derek tries to punch the ball out around the head of the striker and mm-hmm. punches it in the goal. Ah. The, the thing I got upset about that the refs missed yes. is it looked like to me he was intentionally trying to throw the Orlando City player Ooh. into the goalpost. I wasn't, uh, wasn't yeah, too thrilled about not that. Not exactly the way you want to do it in that regards. But, yeah, Orlando, they get a win. They now move to four points on the year, so good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, looking around going to Saturday, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, I don't want to call the Chicago Fire the New York Yankees of MLS, but they spent a lot of money this offseason. They're not really seeing a lot of uh, production. No, the Yankees tend to win when they spend a lot of money. Oh, that's how it works. Well, then I don't know exactly how I would call Chicago then because the Fire have the the Vancouver Whitecaps come into Chicago and beat them 1-0. It wasn't too crazy, but they still beat them. The fact that Chicago still spent all that money this offseason and has yet to show any production from that. So good for the Whitecaps, though. I'm a, I'm a closet Whitecaps fan. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy their roster. They've got a good group of players. Uh, so Chicago, unlike, similar to the Revolution, unfortunately, have winless on the year, but there's plenty of time. We'll we had, we had uh, a gentleman ask us. He doesn't have an MLS team that he ad- identifies with mm-hmm. yet and was asking, you know, I'm in Milwaukee. And yep. One of the things I said to him is 
there is Chicago who's nearby. It's a love-hate relationship, but it's it really more is. of a hate relationship with the with the ownership group, and mm-hmm. this is just more evidence of that. Exactly. You can spend all that money and still not make the playoffs. It sounds like Toronto. Anyway, uh, speaking of Toronto, they after a 3-1 victory in opening week, Josie D'Altador, Michael Bradley, uh, Giovinco, all the superstars... <laughs> They go into Columbus and get shut out. Shut out. And this was not zero. this was not uh, you know a starless TFC team. This was a full blown all the all the guns on the field, all hands on deck, and they get completely worked by a exciting Columbus Crew SC. They sure did. Uh, you know what was exciting about that game is Kamara comes back to Columbus. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of him. I me too. Me too. You know he's playing. Playing with, I believe it was Middlesbrough for a while. Mm-hmm. He comes back to MLS, comes back to Columbus instead of Sporting. But he spent time in Columbus before Sporting. Anyways. He did, yep. And he ends up putting a goal in. So great job for him. It really was. And obviously we don't want to forget to mention that TFC did have a red card um, going into halftime in the 45th right. minute extra time. Um, so they were playing a man down. but even And both goals did come in the second half. So good for Columbus to be able to capitalize on that. But even still, you lose a defensive player like Justin Morrow you should still be able to capitalize with all of that talent on the field. Hey, we saw another team capitalize. Mm. It was playing 10 men yep. at CenturyLink Field. Yes, indeed. Ends up, San Jose ends up beating Seattle 3-2. to two. This on top of Clint Dempsey scoring a goal in the first 29 seconds. If there's nothing to take the air out of the sails like that, it's getting scored on in the first minute of the game. So if I, I've been scored on for teams within the first like minute or two of the game, you're just like, wow. This is fun. We're like, now that we're down a goal or two, uh, well, what are we going to do from here? You don't have the motivation. But San Jose, they dug in, they held on, and they were able to come back, and they were able to just take it to them. Um, rightfully so, though. But Chris Wondolowski, the man we love to joke about, at the same time scored twice. Hey, I don't like him at the international level, but you know what? In MLS, he's the real deal. Oh, yeah. Can't deny that. Not he's, a- he's the real deal. He's earned his DP status. He's a goal scorer in this league. He just can't do it at the international level. Exactly. And we thought that the Gal- uh, the Sounders, not the Galaxy, pardon, the Sounders might find a way back as Obafemi Martins found a goal in the 84th minute, making it 3-2. But unfortunately, San Jose, they just dug in. They, they were, dug in. Yeah. And they held, they held strong, which is good. That was a win that they needed after losing first uh, their week one game. Now that they were able to beat a Seattle team that went to town on New England week one, it was a good win overall for San Jose, and it makes me feel better about myself anyway as a Revolution fan. Um, FC Dallas, though, beating up on Sporting Kansas City. FC Dallas is technically the best team in MLS right now because they're undefeated. They're, th- they're 2-0. and Right, and, and against Sporting. I don't know what's going on with Sporting right now. They... Man, they're just—it's like they—they they have some hangover from last season where they—they they started strong and then they ended up mm-hmm. losing seven games or not winning seven games, and, and then they got knocked out first round of the playoffs yes, to the Red Bulls. Yeah, so it's—I it, don't know if it's a hangover going over there in Sporting or what, but it's—it's it's painful for them right now. They were one of my higher picks in yep. our in our preview show, and they're not—they're not following through. Nope. nope, and all the stars for FC Dallas show up as well as Blas Perez scores twice in the 17th and 52nd minute. And then Fabian Castillo uh, scores in the 73rd minute. Now, if there's one positive you can take if you are a sporting KC fan, is that Roger Espinosa scored. Yeah, and that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He's doing it. So, in the 44th odd game. minute. It odd was. Game. It really was an odd game, but good for FC Dallas. But not the oddest game. No. You had a, you had a game that you were very excited to talk about. <laughs> Real Salt Lake and Philadelphia. Folks, if you haven't seen the goals in this game, I am telling you, go to MLSsoccer.com and look at the goals. But here was the crazy thing. So it's it ends up being 3-3, and almost every single goal was just weird. But the craziest thing that happened in this entire game is <laughs> Olav goes from scoring a goal to scoring on his own goal uh. within a matter of three minutes. So from hero to zero. Yes. That, that own goal actually put Philly up. Three to two. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, Sabo came back in the 87th minute and tied it up for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, based but- off of a penalty kick, which... It's not a good way to win a game or to tie a game, but at the same time, RSL at that point were just happy to get out of there with a point and not, you know, completely buried by Jamison Olave. And you would never know it from the score, but the goalkeepers in both this game, Romando and uh, the keeper for um, for Philly, they both had outstanding games. They were making some incredible saves. Yeah, no, they just had a terrific game um, overall. And the Union, they were a weird team. We don't have a lot of. Uh, 
respect for the union. I don't know if respect's the right word, but we just don't really believe yet that the union are at right. the same level as a team like RSL, but RSL has been kind of on that back and forth uh, ever since uh, Jason Christ left for NYCFC. That's right. So we'll kind of see what happens with them, but a good not loss for uh, for both teams, if that makes sense. Uh, then the Sunday games, which is really where it hurts the both of us, uh, NYCFC opening up their home opener in Yankee Stadium, just an electric atmosphere. They see goals coming from Patrick Mullins and then David Villa, who ended up earning MLS Player of the Week honors as well. Just a fantastic game from him. If you did, if you get a chance to see his goal against the Revolution, I did. Yeah, just a yep. swerving yep. move and just a bender to the far post, and I, I had to applaud him for it that. It was a Maradona, as far as I'm concerned. It really was. It was, it was a he's fantastic cutting for goal. everybody. Now, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the Revolution because I'll probably start crying. Uh, so I'd rather hear you talk about the Timbers. Um, talk about this game as a whole. We see Jassy's artist score again. Just an exciting young product mm-hmm. that I really yes, hope the national team continues to develop. I hope Jurgen Klinsmann takes a hard look at Zardis and says, you know, you're actually a good player, and I want you on this team. But the same player scores twice for the Timbers. Yeah, uh, Fernando Adi, who's been... He's been playing like he should be. I mean, he's controlling that front. He's getting up there. He's taking chances. This whole game, Portland really played well for most of it. Uh, they, they had total control of the game. Um, you know, they didn't have as many shots as L.A., but some of L.A.'s shots weren't the best. Um, at the same time, Portland just controlled that game. There were maybe a, maybe. A, 10, 15 minutes where the Galaxy was really pushing and, the, and Portland was hanging back. But that is the problem I continue to have with Portland. They are up 2-1. to one. Actually, they're up 1-0, and that's when they start hanging back. Yes. Play the game. That's, play back. the way the game is, you know, you've been winning. Then they go up 2-1. 90th minute goal. You're thinking, hey, we got this. Right? And then a great corner kick from, uh, from the Galaxy. Ellen mm-hmm. Gordon heads the ball in, and same old story. After the game, what does Caleb Porter say? <laughs> We've got a good team. We'll get points this year. That is a, such a – I have such a problem with that. You're not looking just for points. And I, I realize points means both victories and draws, but I want to hear this guy say, we're going out and we're going to win this year because you know what? This team has the talent to do they it. They do. They really do. And that's the funny thing because when a coach says we're looking for points this year, that tells me as a fan or as a player if I'm on the team saying, our coach doesn't want to win a championship this year. Why are we playing this year? We're not – going to get relegated we don't have to worry about getting relegated and and here's the thing they played so well and they don't have their best player out in the midfield Diego Mm -hmm. Valeri yeah Valeri's injured he's going to be injured for a while and Portland is playing great they got to close out these games it's been the same thing that they didn't do last season they just let teams come back all the time they got to close out these games no I completely agree with that and kind of going off of that as well looking at NYCFC versus New England it was such a typical New England game because since you had a chance to just beat on the Timbers for a minute, I'm going <laughs> to harness that energy and continue to unleash that on Do the it. revolution because it's ridiculous to know the fact that uh, Coach Jay Heaps is so hell-bent on having just one striker. He loves his 4-5-1, which is great and all because you have a talented midfield. That was also helpful last year when you didn't have talented forwards, but now you've got Juan Agadell and Charlie Davies on the same team. Why not play them both? I understand that you've got some good players on the team like Andy Dortmund and Diego Kobayashi to help with the midfield, but if you were to take one of them, have Kobayashi sit just in front of the defense, maybe play a 4-1-3-2, sure. something like that nature, it's not a terrible idea. You've got a great back line. Have Kobayashi sit in front of the defense, gives you a little bit more sturdiness, but then have Fagundes, Lee Wynn, Kellen Rowe, Agadello, and Charlie Davies coming at you. Those are five explosive, talented players, and then when Jermaine Jones come back, he'll probably slide in and take Kobayashi's spot. That's an explosive offense right Yeah, there. I don't think it's time for any Revs fans to panic right now, especially with Jermaine Jones out. We saw last season what he brings to the team. He's one of those rare players that actually can change the game. He really can. He changed own. the entire season for the Revolution. He sure did. Agadello, however, I will say he's been missing some sitters. He has. And that, that is a concern. I realize he hasn't played in six months, and maybe that's why it's showing. But I would have no problem either playing both him and Davies up front or put Davies in there and give Agadello a break right now. Yep, exactly. Charlie Davies finished off the season hot. He scored four goals in the playoffs last season after only scoring four on the season. Well, why not? Give him an opportunity. Give him a shot to go after it and have a good old time with it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Taking a look at the standings, uh, if you're looking at the Supporters' Shield, FC Dallas is the clear uh, winner. They have their 2-0-0. Uh, they got the Galaxy, NYCFC, and Orlando City right behind them. 
But uh, currently, it's weird to look at this in the Eastern Conference, NYCFC and Orlando, one and two, respectively. So... Well deserved. Well they deserved. Have. They yeah, really you, have. You, you had talked about before how well Orlando had built a team. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fair to say New York, New York City, is surprising quite a few people. Now it'll be interesting to see how they fare against a not New England and a not Orlando team because when they go and take on like Seattle or a Galaxy or even an RSL or a TFC or even a Columbus, going uh, the first time that NYCFC goes down to a Columbus and tries to win in that rough, tough environment, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know how they're going to fare. And then you look at the West. Look who's sitting in last place. Sporting KC. Oh. Of course, again, we've got 32 games to go yet. Yes, plenty but of time. Sporting KC is sitting there in last place with a single point. Mm. Uh, Colorado tied with them on one point, but Colorado's only played one game. So it's an odd start to the season, and that's good to see. It really know? is. Yep. That's, that's part of the reason I love MLS is – a lot of people hate that word parody. I don't want a league where it's the same four clubs winning every year. What you know? about what about the EPL? <laughs> yeah, it's basically <laughs> exactly, what it right, is. Right, it's exactly right. what it is. And now I like we, we both agree with that. We love the constant, ever-changing excitement that is Major League Soccer, and it, it's a beautiful way to watch the game because it gets boring, like you said. It's the same four teams. Oh, who's it going to be this year? It's one of the four. No, it's it's nice to have. Like you can assume that the Galaxy and the Sounders will always be good. But we've seen stranger things happen. That's in the right. Past. Uh, look at the galaxy for a, a number of years. Mm-hmm. Actually, they they were doing terrible. Exactly. You know, they brought, yeah. brought in Ruhlet. He was going to bring soccer, the sexiness, back to soccer or whatever he said. Never happened. No. Nope. Um, so we saw them struggle, and now they're uh, they're a perennial power. Exactly. And another team that might become a perennial power in the future. Uh, very well might become a new expansion club uh, based in the Twin Cities. That's right. Uh, looks like it's basically, from what we're hearing, a done deal. Mm-hmm. Minnesota United. So we have to correct ourselves a little yes, bit. Yes, we were a on little the, false the, on The, the last, last show, show we were talking about NASL. We failed to mention that, obviously, Minnesota was one of the teams in the yes. NASL that is up for expansion. But there is another one, San Antonio. Yeah, I completely spaced on San Antonio. i got to tell you, I was down in Austin Texas down uh, in December we made a drive down to San Antonio on the way back I said to my wife hey let's just stop I want to see their stadium man it's such a sweet stadium mm. Eight, it's this intimate 8,000 seat stadium but intimate but 8,000 8, of your closest yeah, friends right. <laughs> intimate. I love it but I, I went there I took a few shots uh pictures that is not actually one like, of the field, the field? I, was te- I was tempted I was tempted to hop the fence <laughs> um but it's it's a great small stadium they have down there. They've got great support. San Antonio's in the conversation as well for the next round of MLS expansion. But back to what you're saying about Minnesota, we've yeah. pretty much seen that this this is a this is a done deal, is what it sounds like. It is, yeah. And MLS Don Garber, the commissioner, has come out and said that they they haven't officially said that Minnesota is it, but they've basically said, look, it's going to be Minnesota next. They released an official statement, I believe, it was about a week ago. Um, so they're going to be, they said within the next 30 to 45 days, there'll be an official announcement. There'll be a grand unveiling. And I know you were a little upset about it because they are partnering with the Twins organization. Well, I wasn't upset. Uh, my brother-in-law, who lives in Minneapolis, was just informing me that he was hoping the Vikings group may be the ones to win it. Because here's his take is that the owners of the Twins poured a lot of money into the stadium, a lot of money to the team to get fans out there. And as soon as the fans were buying their season tickets, they had one great season. And then they started to pull back on what they were spending on the team. So he's a little he's a little afraid that that's what's going to happen with mm-hmm. the Minnesota MLS Hopefully side. not. But... Hopefully not. The great thing is about that, though. We'll have a team in a soccer-specific stadium in downtown Minneapolis. That's, be that's the plan. Um, you know, it's great what's happening in Seattle, but I am not a fan of going back to MLS 1.0 where we have these teams mm-hmm. playing in these NFL stadiums. We're going to have that in Atlanta again. So I'm, I'm happy to see this team not playing in, in the Vikings' new stadium. They're yeah. going to have their own soccer-specific stadium. eighteen to 20,000 seats. That's what this game needs in this country. Exactly. No, I completely agree. I mean, you, I understand that as a Revolution fan, we play in Gillette Stadium, which is great and all, but you know, three-fourths of the stadium is you know, tarped off, basically. So it's like, oh, we can put in you know, 20,000 maybe. But even still, we ne- the Revolution never attract that many fans unless it's a playoff game. Right. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But uh, we're going to jump to a break fast. When we come back, we're going to offer our predictions. I've got my bash, and then I've got our believe as well. So right. this is two up front. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Two Up Front. I'm Baxter. And this is Simon. We uh, have been doing a lot of MLS talk. We talked about uh, the Gold Cup and uh, CONCACAF as well during our first segment. Uh, but now we are going to do a little bit of predictions as well. I'm going to do the segment, though, called Baxter's Bash, uh, where I get 45 seconds to bash on anything soccer-related that I so choose. Uh, it's a little... I, I'm not going to strike too close to home, but it's a little painful for me at the same time. So I'm ready when you, you ready? are, Simon. Yes. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. So for my bash today, I want to bash uh, the Revolution doubters. The New England Revolution have started off their season 0-2. It's not the first time that it's happened. It's going to probably only get worse to start off the season. Their next game is against the Montreal Impact, who they are traditionally not good against. And it's not exactly the way the Revolution want to start their season off. They had opportunities to score goals. Juan Agudelo was not producing. Jay Heaps needs to figure out the fact that, hey, I've got two really good strikers. If Agudelo is not the answer, put in Charlie Davies. Let's move on from there. Uh, Lee Wynn is back to full health. Let's get him more excited on the field. Let's move around the offense. Let's have a good time. Revolution fans, don't freak out. It's a long season. You've got plenty of time left, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the Revolution do it and make the playoffs this year. Let's go, Revolution. Perfect. 45 seconds. Boom. Exactly. I nice, love it. Nice deal. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to move into our MLS predictions for week three. Uh, first game on the docket, uh, Fair Simon, is Philadelphia versus FC Dallas. It's at Philly. So I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my first upset. Philly's going to win this one. Ah, okay. I, I, they're at home. They're, they, they did well against... I think is still a strong Real Salt Lake team. Okay. They're going to win this one. Okay. Well, I'm going to go against the grain, unfortunately. FC Dallas is my pick. I think FC Dallas is uh, on fire to start the season. If Blas Perez is scoring and Fabian Castillo is scoring goals early, that's a bad sign for everybody in the West. That's a good point. I like the West strength over the floundering East team uh, (laughs) in that regard. So that game is Friday, March 20th. Uh, looking on, on Saturday. Looking on Saturday, it's a full marquee slate of games. The Revolution take on the Montreal Impact. I kind of led to this in my Baxter's Bash. As much as it pains me to say this, Montreal, they are traditionally just love to upset the Revolution. When the Revolution were going on a huge winning streak last year, Montreal was that one team that was like, ah, sorry, you're actually not that good, and they beat them. So I'm going to choose Montreal. I'm secretly hoping that the Revolution win, <laughs> but Montreal is my pick, even though the game is at Gillette Stadium. I, I like our predictions this week because last time we were so close in all of our predictions. Mm-hmm. I'm going opposite of you. Okay. I'm saying Montreal is going to be too tired again from their Champions League, and they're going to end up losing. I not hope, not, I not so. because of New England, because of themselves. Okay. They think maybe, <laughs> I, it's, knowing New England's luck, they have yet to score a goal this year. It's probably going to be like some freak own goal. And they're going to win, and I'll just be like, you know what? I don't even, I don't even care. Be like, they won, whatever. <laughs> um, moving on from that, New York City FC travels to Colorado to take on the Rapids. Um, Colorado's not doing great this year. They're not, and I don't think they're going to do well in this game. Yeah, I'd I have think, to agree. Uh, you know, with the, with the strong power we see with New York, they're going to take this one. Yeah, I have to agree. I think David Villa is going to have a lot of fun now that Patrick Mullins is has his one-touch-one-goal scenario going on. I'd like to see Mix Discarude get more involved in the midfield as well. Uh, maybe Jabrowski. How great, though, that he's the one to score the first goal in New York City mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. I, oh, you don't like that? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm excited good. that a U.S. international was the one to get the first no, goal. No, I was not yeah. A, yeah, I was not opposed to that. And it was a gorgeous goal as well. So no, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we both have taken NYCFC. Orlando uh, against Vancouver. That's an interesting it one. It is. Orlando's playing really well. Vancouver's but, not playing yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pull up the draw card on this one. Are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to know, in all honesty, because Orlando's not playing horrible, but it's a home game. It's their second home exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah. So I like Orlando winning this game. I think if it was the other way, I'd be giving the nod to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But because I, it's in Orlando... Um, the we, Citrus Bowl is an electric atmosphere. It is, yeah. And they've sold, once again, a lot of seats mm-hmm. for that game already. Rightfully so. so. All right, I'll let you take point on this one, Simon. Yeah, Sporting KC and Portland. You know, Sporting's not playing well. Portland is playing well, even though it doesn't show in the standings. It's at Kansas City, though. I this, I haven't thought no. about this one. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Sporting on this. Okay. By a narrow margin, probably? Probably. Okay. Yeah, maybe 1-0, 2-1. Hmm. Yeah, see, it's hard because Dom Dwyer hasn't really shown up this season yet, and Dom Dwyer was kind of hyped to be a big deal again this year. Right. But that's kind of the story of Dom Dwyer's career. He didn't start off great, had a ridiculous season last year, and then he's kind of cold to start off the year. But it's soccer. He's going up against a team that's still figuring out their defense. Exactly. So, so if, there, this, if there were a game, yep. 
Yeah, you know, I'm probably going to have to take sporting as well because it's just such a hard place to win at. It so, is. Rightfully so. I think we both choose sporting KC for that one. Uh, Galaxy Houston at uh, the StubHub Center in Carson, California. The Galaxy's first game, they ended up winning by quite a bit. Yes. And they didn't play well. So hmm. I'm going with wow. Galaxy. There's that then. <laughs> yeah, Houston has not looked uh, has not looked good this year. No, well, they beat they did beat Columbus. They did. But then they had that weird turn weird of events. Game, yes. Houston offense, I don't think is going to be able to keep up with the Galaxy's fast paced play. Robbie Rogers is doing well. Robbie Keane, uh, Jose Villarreal, Jesse Zardes. There's just the list goes on and on of talented young players. Um, Galaxy win this game, I think, by two goals. Houston really needs to get Kubo from. Uh, yeah. Chivas Guadalajara. So hopefully I, that uh, deal comes through semi Well, there was talk today already that they probably won't see him until July 1st because he's doing so mm. well for Chivas. That's unfortunate. There's just going to be this mass immigration of you've got Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Kubo Torres. It's almost like the Beatles invading That's the right. U.S. <laughs> like the European – the British invasion with Gerrard and Lampard, though. So maybe 2.0. We'll see how that there goes over go. for them. Uh, Red Bulls and D.C. United. It's still the Atlantic Cup. You know, this is the, these games are always uh, – I don't want to say nail-biters, but – they're not the friendliest, which is awesome. I mean, they, both these teams really care about this series. Whew, this is a tough one, though. They're playing in New York. They are Red Bull. I'm Arena. sorry, they're playing in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's like the New York Giants or Eth Rutherford. Okay, you know what? <laughs> but uh, last time these two teams met, though, DC United took a 2-1 victory over them. But New York, um, yeah, not a terrible way to do it. Uh, the Red Bulls, though, their recent form isn't going that great. Um, we'll kind of see. Both teams have only played one game, though. Right, right. Uh, D.C. did win theirs. New York didn't win theirs. Yeah, I think, boy, I, I'm i going to take the cheap way out on this one, Baxter. I'm going with another draw. Are you? Okay, yeah. yeah. See, I think it's going to be a game where there's a lot of goals, but I also think that... Mm. It's just so hard because the Red Bulls are not as dangerous as they were last year. Obviously, any team that loses Thierry Henry is going to see a significant yeah. drop. Um, I want to say that DC wins this game by like a three-two victory. All right, I think All Bill right. is going to. We've got some nice variety this yeah, week. I, I like think, it. I think Bill Hamid is going to come up big in this game and make some point-blank saves against BWP Bradley Wright Phillips, and that's going to end up saving them—no pun intended—saving um, <laughs> them the game. Um, the last game, uh, San Jose versus Chicago. This is in San Jose's new stadium, their first big game. They did yep. have a soft opening in the preseason against the Galaxy, which they ended up winning that game, by they the did, way. They did, yeah. Good but this them. is, yeah, Avalle Stadium is how I believe how you say that computer company name. Mm-hmm. This one's too easy, and that scares me. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with San Jose, but it's like, all right, is this, is this the game where Chicago surprises everybody? That's the thing I'm wondering about is because since Chicago's been so quiet, they're like, oh, we just wanted to wait and go spoil the party in San Jose because, you know, why not? Because soccer and sports in the world is weird like that. But San Jose, Chris Wondolowski, I'm very excited how he played in his first game or his second game of the season, scoring two goals. It's a big event. I think it's going to be electric atmosphere. I think San Jose takes this game by at least two goals. I, I yeah, I would have no surprise with that. And Mr. Innocent, as they yes. call him, I, what a great goal he had against Seattle. I think he's going to have a lot of influence on that game yeah, as well. I think so as well. But Chris Wondolowski, obviously the focal point of the offense in that regards. So, uh, Simon, with not a lot of time left, uh, we want to play, I believe. I want to do one thing before yeah, that. Let's, let's do a bonus pick here. We've got Denmark and the U.S. playing on oh, the 25th. So who men's you, national team, correct? men's national team. Yes, that's hmm. the twenty fifth at three o'clock. That'll be on ESPN. What uh, What are you thinking? I have done no research on this game. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be up. honest about this. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, well, the way the U.S. is going right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. In yeah. Complete honesty. Sure. Sure. I think I'm going to put a U.S. win on this one. Okay. It's just a gut feeling. That's it. Okay. That's Nothing it. wrong with that. Yeah. All right. Split on that one. So we'll kind of see how our picks work out from there. Um, so going along with the U.S. men's national team, I believe I believe that something is going to happen. So what have you got for your I believe statement, sir? I believe I'm going to jump into something that we haven't talked about at all on the show. Oh, goodness. Burnley had a fantastic win over Manchester City, the mm-hmm. surprising result, obviously, yes. in the Premier League this, uh, this past season. I think Burnley's going to stay up. I think we're going to see Sunderland drop. They're going to be relegated to the championship. Really? So, okay. So I guess I believe Sunderland is done. Is relegated. Okay. Uh, for my I believe, I'm going to stay in Europe. I believe that Barcelona is going to win the Champions League this year. Uh, Lionel Messi, after seeing the humiliation that he put on against Manchester City, proving that that team is still just as dangerous as ever, 
Uh, I believe that Barcelona will claim another Champions League title. Do you have who they're going to... Who they're going to face? Oh, gosh. Um, I'd have to do... I don't remember all the teams, unfortunately, okay. available okay. at the moment. Um uh, what's the? Uh, why don't you give? Yes. As I look over, I see an update of your on your Everton game. So what's going on Dynamo with that? Kiev. Well, let's say this: Everton ended up getting another goal in oh, the 82nd minute. That's good. But the final score was five to two. Oh wow! So Kiev goes right on, there in the heart. Yeah, right six there. four aggregate. Oh, uh, that's a tough one. So they're out of Europa now. They're out of Europa. Okay. So okay, well. You know what? Real quick, yeah. we're, we're talking about MLS and one of the reasons we like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think too many teams make the playoffs. I agree. But at least they've got something to play for. The thing with the Premier League, everybody talks about promotion relegation. Yeah, you got those relegation fights at the end of the season. Yeah. Woo. You've got those four spots for Champions League, one spot for Europa League mm-hmm. that other teams are fighting for. But then you have that middle of the pack yeah. that are always the middle of the pack. Yeah, they're consistent. There's nothing enough. exciting about those no. games. What do they have to live for or play for, in all honesty? Nothing. Nothing. They really don't. So that's that. My point is that's where Everton is now. Mm. Now they fight to to stay alive. But they, stay they alive. had a great win in the Premier League this last weekend, so they're going to stay up. Yeah, but they took down Newcastle, didn't they? They did three nothing. Wow, too. it was a great, a fantastic great win. win by that. Anytime you can get a shutout like that, and Tim Howard, I think, is starting to play. He's coming like, back around. More like Timmy Howard yeah. than we know for the national team. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But uh, this has been another edition of Two Up Front. Simon, where can they find us again on social media? They can find us on Facebook at Two Up Front, or they can find us on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. Find me at, at Simon Provan or you at Baxter Colburn. That's B-A-X-T-E-R. By the way, folks, we want to hear from you. Go to our Facebook page. Give us your MLS predictions. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Interact with us on Twitter. We always love to... Uh, to see kind of what's going on from you guys and if the Timbers win or lose or the Revolution win or lose feel free to give us crap we give each other crap that's why we do the show because we love talking about soccer so uh, for Simon Proven I'm Baxter Colburn uh, remember do what you love play the beautiful game and always remember that God is a soccer fan have a great rest of your day everyone the trail check order takeout check schedule heart checkup done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities we're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across maryland and the greater washington region your health our experts safely caring for you schedule your care now learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.